This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, so, um, and I think... I don't know, Maddie. Why do you think that they have kind of resolved their second down problem? Why Why do you think that they're that they're better there? Because they're still good on first downs. They're still good on third downs. Why are they now better at second downs, even if not dominant, but better? Well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of factors, but I think it's hard not to go to the main reason being that technique change up front, which we uh, we were DMing after watching the Cardinals game, even like the live copy, and we we're like wait, they're doing the techniques up front, which they did last year, and they're not doing the Vic Fangio-style two-four-eye techniques in the bare front where we're going to mirror step, uh, kind of two-gap, there's one-and-a-half gaps, but basically two-gap, and play on the inside shoulder of a tackle. We're going to go back to last year in the bare front where even if we're playing middle field open behind it, so a too high structure, we're going to play as often as we can get away with two, three techniques, flanking the head up nose tackle and play on the outside side of the guard, power step and play a lot more one gapping and forward style. And even when they bump to a four eye technique, so back to the inside side of the, of the guard, say because there's a tight end there, say because they're on the open side of the formation and they've bumped the, the Wharton the edge player out to cover down on a slot, say to buy time for a, a safety behind them, fitting from a quarter, a deep quarter. Even then, their eyes and their, their uh, was something you brought up, to, and their play is just seems more downhill and through the tight end, even if they are still looking to play that one and a half gap deal. Now, this change has been alluded to multiple occasions by Pete Carroll. It's been alluded to by Clint Hurt, Quandre Diggs mentioned it, Miles Adams told me in the locker room that um, they uh, after the uh, 
Tampa Bay game that he this is something the players wanted. Quinton Jefferson, I believe, had some quotes on the subject as well. Like they shifted back to how they were doing it in previous years. It's and as Carol said, it suits their guys better. It's just what worked. It's cool that it's what Ken Norton Jr. was doing, what he learned with Pete at USC. And it just it's just working. It's it's just working. Regardless of whatever your yeah. you know, philosophy is schematically, like it's working, so they'll, they'll stick with it. But for me, Griff, that is the the deal. They they change the techniques up front on the bear stuff. So, which, as as you're saying, lets them be more aggressive and generate more negative plays. And and even if you you're not getting a sack or killing the play outright with pressure, you're forcing them to check the ball down sooner, and then you can go and um go tackle the check down before it hurts you or or if they do get the ball out and they want to challenge you at the second or third level pressure is going to on average in all likelihood cause more inaccurate throws and you can defend that better so um the, you know there are there are dividends everywhere to that but i mean like really like the pass rushes came alive and that's and then also you know just the young guys are contesting more you know they're being able to squeeze routes down so that there's some there's some really interesting things going on here. Um yeah, so so on the pass rush coming yeah. back, is that because they're in more uh more like second and longs? That's a good question. Um I mean with improved run defense, absolutely. That's, that's what you yeah, think, right? Right. I mean that has that has to I haven't actually looked at those numbers, but I feel like that has to be part of it. I don't know how frequently teams are running on them or passing on them on first and 10 now compared to when they were. Um but if you're if the average first and 10 literally goes for like 1.5 yards now or whatever it is for them, then yeah, you get to you get to bring out your guys on second along give them passing situations. Um I think on an individual basis, and it's probably stems to the systemic overhaul that you're talking about. Daryl Taylor came alive after like doing nothing for the first month. Now, now he's doing stuff. Um, Nwosu continues to be a monster, but then like the interior three, you know, with the technique change, they're just dominating guys. They're getting one on ones. Um, you know, they can play more. You know, they can knife gaps. You know, the ball get off is better. Puna Ford is an impact pass rusher now they're getting what they paid for to Quentin Jefferson, you know? So like even on run downs, if it, if they do keep pass, they're in a better situation to do it. If you have Aaron Donald, you can put him in any technique, in any stance, have him has put his eyes anywhere. It doesn't matter. And it can be a pass when he's expecting run. They're in a run front. He'll still get pressure because he's Aaron Donald. Same thing goes for Akeem Hicks. When Vic Fangio had him, same thing went for, when Vic Fangio had Justin Smith in San Francisco. It's like some guys, it doesn't matter what positions you put them in. They're going to perform anyway. In Seattle's case, Puna Ford is a mildly above average passer, interior pass rusher. Quentin Jefferson is mildly above average. You know, if Al Woods gets one-on-one with the center, he's going to bull rush him. Same thing for Brian Mona, right? So, it's like, but when everybody on the line can perform to that level, you know, if you have five guys that are mildly above average on the defensive line at any one point, you know, at worst, right? Because Nwosu is well above that, right? For example, if you have five of those guys, there's no weak spot. So someone might get through 
any given snap. And like this is the definition of an ensemble rush. Like it's not two, three guys just decimating like it was with Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill and Chris Clemens, right? Now it's just everybody's getting like a certain minimum threshold of pressure. And with, again, with one or two guys exceeding that. But um, I think I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And and there's just this downstream effect of, of confidence. Um, so, but some, some numbers though, unless Matty wanted to jump in. Well, before the numbers, I should also say that the technique change, which happened since week six, I see in the comments someone saying, uh, they're two gapping last week. Is that why they got hurt by the run? No, the the technique change up front with the with the bare fronts so when you have five guys down at the line of scrimmage that happened notably on tape week six Arizona, and I may have had it confirmed to me that that, that was when it happened, um, or may may not. And um, what that also does is it helps out the linebackers behind because. Uh, for whatever reason, and Brooks in college had, as as we we're speaking about off air, Griffin, he had a great tape of playing off four way mirror stepping, power, kind of two gap and guys playing a gap to c gap in that tight front, like the spread tight front college football edition. He had all of that. Barton did a bit of that in college as well, but for whatever reason, the linebackers as soon as. Seattle's moved back to this more one-gapping, power-stepping approach up front in the Bear deal. The linebackers are playing quicker. They're taking the shots more. They're kept clean more reliably. They're not having to sort of dance off a guy who, well, he could pop into the B, but he could get into the C, or he, what gap is he going to go? Is it just that the picture is clearer f- for them, and they're taking advantage of it? And Yeah. So they're, it's really they're, helped the second level too. They're literally allowed to charge up field when before. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're playing stack track fallback almost, not quite, because they still have one gap principles, but almost like ball fit philosophy where you're not fitting a gap anymore. You're fitting the running back based off of based off of how the blocker in front of you is doing. So it's subjective now. And you and that asks of you to play more laterally and you know, press one gap and then be ready to fall back. So because the timing and chemistry just wasn't there with that. It, it it wasn't there. And like you have to keep your depth so that you can go behind your defensive tackle if needed. You don't get to go charge and and hit a gap, you know, unless it's unless you are gapped out, but so often or in a one high defense that is. Um because you can be gapped out and be in a two high defense, but to make that work, you have to toy with the techniques like what you're talking about and it just wasn't working. Um but what they're doing now is working. Like they can get the linebackers playing aggressively in too high structure and not not be unsound. Not that last gap is still accounted for somehow. Um so, so give me the numbers, Griff. What, what all right, so, so this this is where it gets really funny because I'm gonna present something that is identical to last year, and then we're gonna talk about how that can possibly how they are still able to be better on second down. So last year, they were seventh in EPA 
per target to what receivers and tight ends from the week six on mark. And then they were like bottom five against running backs. The other way to look at it is that they were like, I think they were sixth on EPA per drop back on passes that traveled over five yards last year. And then like, again, bottom five on targets that went below five yards. So the conclusion there is they defend the second and third level really well. And then the they can't defend the check down or they can't defend running backs or screens. Um, now, we, we are we posited endlessly last year that that was because that wasn't an inability to defend the running back skill set so much as it was like a symptom of not having enough pass rush because then the, the play would extend and the, the, line, the second level would be literally further away from the check down. It became like a geometry problem, like it was literally just proximity. So this year, despite being way like literally a bottom five team to a above average team on second down where the check down would hurt them the most this year they are again sixth in epa per drop back versus receivers and tight ends and somehow 32nd in the league against running backs so they have the same problem so how mathematically are they improved on second down well this is how the target rate last year on check down throws last year or throws below let's just say nine yards they were 73% of their targets went there, which was like top five in the league of how frequently they were targeted below nine yards. This year, they're 60, they're being targeted 65% of the time. So they've dropped like 8% and now they're like clustered with the median, which is still high, but that's where most throws go, right? They go short. Hmm. They have increased the rate that they've been targeted at the intermediate. They've gone up to 24% this year and they were 16% last year. Last year, the target rate to the intermediate 16% was like the second lowest in the league. Just nothing was open. They didn't even bother. This year, they're clustered in the middle again at 24%, but they're still defending it really well. So the question is, so that's how they're getting the numbers. They're just as bad defending the first level this year as they were last year, but they're not being targeted at the first level as, as frequently. So the question is, why are they being targeted more at the second level? And the only question, the only way I know how to answer it is that the way they're playing cover three now, they're playing cover three roughly at the same rate. But the way they play cover three now that they're playing, you know, they're matching two seams. While the coverage is good, one-on-one looks are perhaps more targetable, even if they're covered. And I think quarterbacks are seeing, okay, I'll give my guy a chance. And then just their defenders are simply winning at the catch point and a combination of pass rush is causing more inaccurate throws at the second level. That's the only reason how yeah. I can think is otherwise. And you, yeah. That's, I was going to say the pass rush is perhaps better. And so it could be a, it could be evidence of the pass rush actually doing work to prevent the quarterback getting to the third or tertiary, the check down. That's a field. good point. That's a good point. Um, They're just not also, holding the ball. On, on yeah yeah and instead of holding the ball but then the yeah the cover three thing as you've put in the notes as well i guess you know it, it's it clamps up on the running back a bit more in the flat it's not it's uh not always going to be encouraging the check down like it, like you've said it's gonna perhaps cover a check down tightly depending on how they match it up like um they that's the big change which happened from the start of the season and they've gone with throughout is they're running Fangio's style of cover three where 
it is similar to Ripley's Nick Saban match where they match both teams, as you've said. Yeah. Now there is one caveat to this. So last year they were a, like a bottom three team defending screens within the running back targets this year. With the screen, if you filter in just screens to running backs, they're like defending them at the ninth best. So, like, they're defending screens better, which actually matches an anecdotal view of the tape, I think. Yeah, it's just definitely it's, it's the non screen targets to running backs that they can't defend. So, really, it's it's the the checkdowns and dropbacks that right. they that they're having. They still have spacing issues. Now, I would argue though that they've been better spaced for them, they just aren't tackling it. Like last year, it was a proximity problem, not a tackling problem. This year, feels like the opposite. Like Kobe Bryant probably has five missed tackles in the flat. Um, Brooks has had a couple of where he's had to come from way Neil far out. Brian Neal, a few. Um, Cody Barn actually doesn't have many missed tackles. He has one really bad one that stands out in mind in that Detroit game. But beyond that, he actually isn't missing tackles. Mm. And that wasn't, um, that wasn't so much in the flat. That was like just not keeping up with the crosser. Right. Um, so it's just a little bit of, uh, the, the kind of the same things going on, but the way that offenses are attacking them and maybe it's a positive effect of having better pass rush. I thought it would be the other way around, but offenses still want to go to the second level. Like you said, if they see a read, but they feel pressured, they're, they're, they're hurrying the throw at the intermediate as opposed to hurrying themselves to get to the, the check down, I guess. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It, it was it was really revealing. So um, schematically, though, they're still 50-50. And I th- the main difference, though, is they're playing less cover two and they're playing even more cover six or technically cover eight this year. So last year they were they ran um, they ran half quarter quarter cover two to the strength quarters backside at like the eighth highest rate, which was only like 14% of their snaps, but was still really high. This year, they're running it at 27% of their snaps. So really, they chewed into almost all of their cover two snaps and replaced it with even more cover six, which is good for the second highest rate of the Again, league. Again, that, that matches the tape. But I think yeah. maybe there's a spattering of plays where it it actually was cover two, but you don't realize because they run so much cover six. But I I could like it seems like a handful of cover two plays for this season. It's all quarter quarter half or half quarter quarter. Right. And they only play quarters in like base when they're in the true three four base. Like as in pure, cover four, you mean? As in cover four, like quarters to both sides, and they just don't play a lot of three four base. So they therefore they don't play a lot of pure quarters. Yeah, because they're so, almost they're always clouding one side. Yeah, making so, it cover sticks. So digging into the main calls, seemed at the start of the season with the techniques going on up front, they basically had the bare front where they'd do quarter quarter half and send the wheel, so tight wheel six, which is like Fangio's main base answer for stopping twenty one personnel, a uh, bit of twelve, but mainly twenty one personnel eye formation stuff. And then their switch up was uh, tight, saw, fire zone, where they'd send both edges and then play three deep three under uh, coverage behind it. But with the technique tweak up front, and I think them sort of finding their rhythm, 
anecdotally, it seems they've moved more towards running more like cover three and less tight rule six. But they are playing know, they a run lot of... so little base that it's hard to really draw yeah. a conclusion from that. I'd have to go through and chart, but I think the big thing is just with these with the three four base where they're running bare they just they change their techniques and it's helped them. 